You know, I wonder who they're gonna have fill Nick's spot. Well, some idiot. RJ? Crap. I guess you're the idiot that's filling the spot, huh? Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> we've got, we've, well, we're getting a lot done today. Uh, we're getting a lot done this year. We're back. We're better than ever. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a new year. New us. New me. New you? New me. Wow, amazing. New year, new me. <laughs> new chair. Yeah, you get a new chair. I do. It's you fun. get a plant. I get a whole plant. Wow. Just for me. Just for you. This is my plant. I brought it from home. From home. From home. What kind of plant is it? Uh, plastic. <laughs> um, nice, nice, nice. From nice. the deepest uh, of the jungles of Michaels. Ooh. Yes. Wow. You must have gone pretty far for that. I, I sure did. Yeah. But Mads, we're, we're back on campus. Oh my God! Amazing. Everyone's back. Whoa. I know, the res halls feel like so full. It's so weird. It's, well, except for the ones that literally aren't. Except, yeah, you mean C Block mm -hmm. and half of Haran mm -hmm. and most of Jasper. Mm -hmm. um, it's just Lee and Ovi that are full. Yeah, so basically besides that, we're all back together. Wow. All, everything's normal. Speaking of residence mads, I, I heard you got, a, you got a fun new role. Yeah, yeah, I'm the resident assistant on the third floor of Lee, which is actually kind of nice. I appreciate, um, the role, I like being there. I like all of my residents, they're all super nice. Um, it's just hard and I'm tired a lot. I have duty, when? Sometime, I have to check the calendar. But yeah, no, it's just a lot. So I'm tired a lot, but also that's why they seem so full because I know all the people that are there and they're all there all the time. I mean, they do live there. Yeah, no, there's just like, there's so many, for what? There's, there's just so many, <laughs> there's so many people. 10 rooms, four people. I mean, yeah, so but like about 40, right? On the 10th floor, there's like 70 something. Wait, 70? Yeah. On the 10th floor? On the 10th floor. 70 people? Yes. How? There's 437 people in Lee. Wow. And I like how you're like, how? I, I didn't, don't know. I didn't know that. I, I honestly haven't thought about numbers. Yeah, no, I mean, like ever. you just kind of go back to your room and you're like, LOL, that's where I am. Yeah. But I mean, I have to think. You do. You have responsibilities now. Weird. You have to like take care of people. Glorified babysitter, maybe. Basically, yeah. yeah. I can't even take care of myself. I, like the, I would like to say that I enjoy being a resident assistant. <laughs> I enjoy my job. Thank you so much, Manhattan College, for my job. I love it so much. I just am very tired when I have to be on duty from 8 a.m. till 2 a.m. on weekends. How are classes going? How's that? I mean, classes are fine. How are your classes? They're, they're swell. I'm actually I'm in here a lot more. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're doing studio classes, so I get to uh, fiddle around with all the tech a I'm lot more. I'm doing mostly chemistry classes this semester. So instead of doing a majority of my like engineering classes, I'm doing chemistry courses. So I'm in Orgo 1, and then the Orgo Lab, which I have lab tomorrow, and I have to write my pre-lab. And then I also am in physical chemistry. Physical chemistry 2. So, it's been tiring, but we're, it's a lot. I mean, it's our junior year. We're three-fourths of the way done. Oh, my God. I know, right? That. Don't say we're that. More, uh -uh. Technically, we're more than halfway done. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. But, hey, out with the old, in with the new. Especially yeah. with Quadcast. We're going to get a lot more... We're gonna have a lot more friends and funds and stuff in here. There's gonna be like a rotating. We're gonna have, yeah. Post. We're gonna. It's not just gonna be us two morons talking every day. With Nick. With Nick. Rest in peace, Nick. R.I.P. Nick. He's not dead. 
We just, he just graduated. <laughs> he just graduated. Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do what you do. I mean, from what I've heard from many graduates, uh, they feel dead. <laughs> I mean, he was like wasting away. Nick, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, Nick was like really not doing too hot, especially towards the end of the year when he was like telling us about like all of his senior stuff and we were like, yikes, buddy. <laughs> Sophomore, bro, can't even, can't relate. <laughs> can't, can't relate, now I can, maybe a little bit. Yeah, but you know, he's, 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 he's steered the ship. Yeah, that's... He did, he did the thing. He made Quadcast happen and we're here to carry on that legacy like the Olympic torch uh, will carry it on and try not to land on our faces <laughs> um, and blow up like his lasting legacy. I, 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 I feel like he would hate if we were like, his lasting legacy, he's probably like, uh, you know? No, Nick's cool. I know. We could get him as a guest. What? Like so many fun things with the quadcast. I mean, yeah, no, there's gonna be a lot of new things. I think that you, since you're steering the ship now, like what's really? Well, we're gonna try to get, um, we're gonna do segments like uh, a club of the week. I wanna get a lot of different people from different clubs that you might not know about. We actually have, for this very first episode, we have Will from the train club. He's gonna come on down and talk with us. He's a very smart kid. He knows lots about trains. So. He's also one of my residents on the third floor. And he lives with Mads, or at least on their floor. On, so. uh, yeah, on my floor. Not with. Not with me, that would be kind of strange. That would be odd, but um. But yes, so be excited for that. We're gonna bring in our friend uh, Mary and talk about television. We're gonna we're gonna do so much fun stuff this year. We're gonna and bring a lot of different people. We're gonna bring so many different people. We're gonna chair. different segments. We might even take it outside of the studio. We're really kind of going fast outside and loose. We're going fast and loose with the whole podcast idea. Outside the studio. Amazing. There's a whole world out there. I know. Wow. I, like really? with COVID and stuff. Yeah. So maybe we shouldn't. Actually. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. Maybe we just stay so, right here. Six feet outside, you know? Six like, feet outside. Yeah. But we're going to be fine. Yeah. We're doing the best that we can. But it's great to see you again. It's great to see you, man. Yeah. What did you do over the summer? Um, I worked three jobs. Whoa. Tell I, me about them. I worked in a greenhouse for the second year in a row. I worked at a hippie clothing store. Um, and then I also did, like, babysitting jobs, like, here and there. Which one was your favorite? Greenhouse. Definitely. I love I love working with plants. Big, it just makes me happy. Big plant. Also, like that job ended at like four p.m., so I'd have the rest of my day. Mm. Um, when I would work doubles, which was pretty much all the time, I would be going to my other job, which was Zbop in Stone Harbor, New Jersey. Zbop. It's called Zbop. Z e b o p. What? Z e b o p. Zbop. Yeah. Um, funky fresh fashion. Um, but. Basically, I would go eight to four from my, the greenhouse job, and then I would do um, five to ten at Zbop most days. Mm -hmm. So I would be making bank, but I was very tired. And then on the other days, I'd basically be like going in and out, like possibly doing babysitting jobs on the days that I didn't work at Zbop. But it was a lot. But I did good for myself. Went up and visited Dylan a couple of times. Dylan being my boyfriend. Um, like I haven't mentioned that before. Um, and then. Uh, which is in Staten Island. I drive up there a couple of times, and then he drove down to me and spent time with me and my family. Aww. And we forced him to go to a Phillies game. You forced him to go to a Phillies yes, game. Yes, we forced him. I mean, he'll go to any baseball game, right. but like... But specifically not Phillies. But, I mean, like, he doesn't like the Phillies because mm -hmm. he's a Mets fan. That's it's true. It's all about the Mets, baby. It's all about the Mets, baby. <laughs> the real New York team. <laughs> What'd you do over the summer? I worked at a supermarket deli. I was uh, cutting meats and cheeses for all the all the all the residents of Bethel, Connecticut. Um, I'm 90% sure I served an FBI agent. 
An FBI agent? An FBI agent. What, what so was... one day, a guy oh. comes in. He's got the full He's got the full outfit. He's got the full suit. He's got the glasses. He's got a weird lapel pin that I've never seen. Um, he's got this big, big, big walkie-talkie that I knew it wasn't like a prop or anything because it went off. I heard it. And he had to turn it off really quickly. And around his neck, he wore a lanyard that said FBI on it. So I asked him, uh, is the president in town or something like that? And he, and he laughed and he said, no, it's just me. And I said, are you allowed to tell me who's in town? And he said, no, it's just me. So it sounds like an FBI agent. It sounds like metal. somebody was wearing a costume. Mm, I prefer to believe that that was a real FBI agent. You know agent. what? I'll let you believe what you got to believe. Because you, can, you, can believe you didn't see him, Mads. He was very official. Did he look like a Men in Black character? Yes, for real. So he was a men in black. Character. I don't believe that because men in black guys don't walk around with FBI lanyards. Do you think they just hand those out? No, you gotta get that Did from. Did it just say like FBI? It said on like it? Federal Bureau of Investigations. Did it have like any other information on it? Well, Mads, I really wasn't paying attention. You were cutting meat. Yeah, I, well, yes, this man needed his Munster cheese and his ham. I hope that. For a minute, I thought I was uh, serving. Um, I thought he was picking this lunch up for like somebody important, but maybe it was just him. You know what? If you're the FBI agent that RJ served in where, where Bethel, Connecticut. In Bethel, Bethel, Connecticut. Connecticut Carluzzi's plug. And you got Munster cheese and ham. I hope you're listening. Let me and know. I hope you're doing okay. Um, I, I hope I didn't blow your cover. Yeah, I also Sorry. really wanted, we still really want to know, like, who was in town, please. Maybe it was just him, though. Maybe he was investigating. I haven't heard about any serial killers, but. I mean. Isn't there, I feel like there's a new serial killer that's like. There's a new one? I know. Just came out with a new serial killer. <laughs> I just came out. No, when I finished my D&D podcast, because they weren't coming out with new episodes for a while, mm. I started listening to True Crime Podcast, which was a mistake. Mm. Because now I am far too deep into the True Crime Podcast world. Have you hit that point where you have a famous, uh, favorite serial killer? I... No, I don't think that's... Good, because that's weird. It is weird to, like, have a favorite serial killer. I think that they're interesting. I think that it's interesting to, like, learn about it. But, like, people who are like, uh -huh, my favorite serial killer is Jeffrey Dahmer. Weird. Don't say that. Or, like, the people who are, like, sipping over the Columbine shooters. Weird. Yeah, I didn't know uh -huh. that was a, didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, no, it's a very big thing. It was a very big thing on Tumblr, and it's a very big thing still on, like, Instagram. They make, like, cute little, like, aesthetic edits of, like... The, Weird. Don't do that. Don't do that. What a world. Stop having a favorite serial killer. Maybe you're just a psychopath. Anyway. Some uh, some wise words to live by. Uh, from Maddie Burns. From Maddie Burns. This is, uh, fr from the quadcast. Don't have a favorite serial killer. Please. You weirdo. But um. Yeah. But yeah. What are you excited about this year? Um, I'm mostly excited about well, being back on campus is very nice, especially being back fully in person on campus, because I am. I don't know about y'all. I'm so tired of having online classes. Oh, yeah. I was exhausted by the end of all of them. I feel like those took more out of me than actually physically walking to class and going to class. Um, so I'm very excited to actually be on campus, but I'm also very excited to like spend time with my friends a lot more and actually have like a work-life balance and not just do homework in my dorm and go to sleep. Oh, man. I'm super excited to be here with you. I'm super excited to get new some some new friends. We got a new friend coming in right, right now. Right now. So please stick around for that. Uh, and stick around for the for the rest of the year's quadcast. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be so much fun. Very fun.
And we're here with Will Reed, founder and president of the Manhattan College Train Club. Will's a freshman and, a, and an engineer major, uh, uh, mostly concerned with chemical or civil. Uh, Will, please tell us everything about the train club. First of all, thank you all for inviting me to, um, to this live stream for, for Manhattan College. So this way I'm able to explain a little bit more about the train club in general. Now the thing with train club is that this is actually the second time that I myself brought it up. The first time I had it was back when I was in high school in St. John the Baptist in West Islip. But this is technically the first time I've brought the train club to Manhattan College, so it is a new club. And it's basically where we go over the different technological, engineering, and historical aspects of locomotives and railways around the world. So. Last week was our first meeting at Kelly Commons room 401, also known as 4A, and that's probably where we'll be meeting throughout most of the year. So if you're ever interested in joining, just jot down that information. Kelly Commons, 1.30 p.m., room 4A, 401. And but, what day is that usually? Usually Wednesdays, but starting next week, we'll be meeting on Mondays and Wednesdays at that, tame, at that same time slot and at the same location. So this way, anyone who can't make the Wednesday meetings can make the Monday meetings and vice versa. Oh, that's really nice, yeah. What are you planning to do with the train club? What are your main goals of it? Well, similar to what I already said with the uh, different historical and engineering aspects, I'm trying to appeal to the engineering crowd since we go over the different evolutions of locomotives, so to speak, on how certain designs of locomotives and subway cars have adapted, so to speak, to how they are today. So for example, um, Manhattan College is right next to the 242nd Street station for the one train. The one train is part of something known as the A Division on the New York City subway system. The A Division was originally part of the Interborough Rapid Transit System, or IRT, I believe. They were the first subway system in Manhattan, originally built in 1904. And the coach cars that were used on that subway system in particular were built for speed. They were more narrow, they were smaller, and they had a little bit of an aerodynamic uh, front on the top. And because of that, all of the subway cars that have been found on the number lines, or the A Division, have had that kind of style. Three doors, very narrow, very tall, and they have some sort of round top. And the current subway cars that we have on the one train today, otherwise known as the subway cars that many people usually see at the 240th Street Yard, which is conveniently located in the middle of the campus, those subway cars are known as the R62A. Those originally went into service in 1985, and like their predecessors, they've kept the round front and the three doors and just being very aerodynamic in general. However, the types of subway cars that are going to replace them, called the R262, They'll be going in service in about 10 years max, but those subway cars in particular kind of lost the streamlined design in which, yes, it has more modern technology and a wider interior, but it's still following the same traditions, but the front is flat instead of curved. So that's going to be a slight loss in terms of aerodynamics. Your brain is fascinating. Oh my God. I love that you just have all of this information in your head. I can't. That's so cool. Well, I've been studying trains as long as I can remember. Really? Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, one of the first uh, maps that I basically studied is a map of the New York City subway system, along with the Long Island Railroad. Since I grew up in Port Jefferson, Long Island, I basically knew all of the um, LAR and Metro North systems since they shared the same map. After that, it expanded onto Amtrak, then I started doing my own research of former railroads that used to be throughout. Um, throughout the U.S. and as a matter of fact to 
go off track for a little bit. Um, back in, well, in our own Van Cortlandt Park, there is the remnant of a former train station for the New York Central Railroad. Now, there used to be a branch known as the Putnam Branch that went from Mott Haven, Bronx, all the way up to Brewster via many towns of Westchester, such as Yorktown Heights. The current line is presently a bike trail since the route was abandoned for passenger service in 1958, but the Van Cortlandt Station for that branch still exists in Van Cortlandt Park. It's about a five-minute walk from Best Deli. I think I've literally climbed on top of those things, like the old like remnants of the train station. I think I climbed on top of them like my freshman year. And now I'm a junior, so uh, it's been a while. But that's really, really cool. Oh my gosh. What got you such so interested in trains? Every rail fan hates to admit this, but yes, it was Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> I mean, I, I grew up with Thomas, too. Right? It's, not, a, it's yeah. a classic I, train that, that gets you interested. I actually right, it's a classic series. It's a classic series. Nowadays, they turned it into this um, animated stuff, and its ratings are through the floor, but that's another discussion. Not a big fan of the new Thomas? No, no one is. Absolutely nobody is. I've never seen Thomas at all. Like, I think I've seen, like, maybe half of one episode when like my sister was a kid, but like I have never seen it. So I mean like, cool that you guys were into it. I Did you know that George Carlin used to do like the narrator for yes. that? Yes, George Carlin was the narrator for Thomas and Friends, I believe from season three onwards for the US dub. And I think this continued some like season seven or eight, but Ringo Starr was also the original narrator for Thomas and Friends in the UK for seasons Wait, one and two. What? No way. Yeah, Ringo Starr was the original narrator. I love that. I love that so much. Ringo Starr and George Carlin. You know, I never thought they'd cross over. But <laughs> they just cross that. Thomas just does that, you know? With Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. With Alec Baldwin? Yeah, I he voiced I... um, seasons five through seven in the U.S. I think George Carlin was the U.K. I, I don't remember who's who, but yeah, Thomas and Friends had a lot of stars. Um, there was George Carlin, Alec Baldwin, Ringo Starr's narrators. And on a much more recent note, I'm not sure if any of you know this actor, but Eddie Redmay, anyone know him? Yes. Oh, yeah. He was a guest um, star for one of the um, uh, one of the characters called Ryan back in 2015. Ah. Nice. I didn't even know they were making new episodes okay, of Thomas. Okay, so to get back on track about the actual comedy yes. show, are you guys like doing any outings with this? Are you guys like going anywhere, seeing anything, like, or is it just kind of like you're in the beginning stages of the actual like club and you're trying to still figure it out? Don't worry, we will have field trips. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we're having one tomorrow. Oh. A little bit. Where are you guys going? Well, this is a little bit of a local field trip, so to speak, in which tomorrow is supposed to be our meeting about the New York City subway system. Since it's our second meeting, my might as well start with something that a lot of people are familiar with. Obviously, that'll be the NYC subway system. And after the meeting, we'll be taking a field trip to my personal favorite place to rail fan in all Manhattan College, the third floor parking lot. <laughs> I know it doesn't sound like much, but the views there are great. I mean, what is that? Less than six feet away from the station? But basically, the edge of the parking lot has a perfect view of the end of the station. You're able to see a bunch of different subways arrive at the 242nd Street Station almost every five minutes, so to speak. I could talk for a little bit there. And the thing with Train Club is that other than the usual PowerPoint presentations and discussions and pizza, might I add, mm -hmm. since it's meeting during 1.30, I have to provide lunch since a lot of people are going to miss their lunch hours. But anyways, um, other than the average discussion, I also plan on... I'm also planning on having guest speakers, possibly, from companies such as the LAWR, MTA, and maybe even Amtrak, just to talk about the rail industry in general, how it's better in terms of efficiency, environmental benefits, and engineering aspects. 
And yes, we are planning on going on actual field trips as well, which go farther than the school parking lot or the guest speaker. And one of these in particular, hopefully sometime around um, December, November, I don't really know yet, but later this semester, we're supposed to be going on a field trip to the New York Transit Museum in Brooklyn. For that trip, we will be taking a van from the campus down to the New York, tra uh, New York Transit Museum in Brooklyn. You're going to take a van? I know, it's very anti-train club of me, but... You're not going to take a subway? Dang, you gotta... I was originally going to propose a subway, but someone else said for the sake of safety, you're traveling all the way from the Bronx to Brooklyn. For That's the... fair, you might or... lose a couple of people, so... You can make train yeah. noises on the way. It'll be fun. I mean, there is such a thing as, um... I don't know what they're called, but there are audio CDs that play a bunch of recordings of steam locomotives from a bunch of rail fanners, so I can play that if you want me to, but... <laughs> Anyway, you can play the MTA, um, like, you know, announcement things where it's like arriving to the station. That's what you really need to A little play. bit. <laughs> but anyways. You can bring rats and then it's like you're really there. It's like you're really there. <laughs> All right. So um, the whole point of Train Club is that one thing that I've noticed with the rail industry in particular is that a lot of people usually, uh, I don't want to say take it for granted, but usually make, I'm sorry, but these a little bit corny references to trains for for example, when someone says train club, people just think, oh, uh, we talk about trains and Thomas the Train and all that other stuff. But what many people don't realize is that trains and public transportation is actually one of the most important systems of having a good economy and having a functioning society. Especially if you look at um, everything in terms of climate change. Most of the pollution that's coming from the U.S. is coming from driving and relying on cars, which are one of the leading uh, factors of pollution nowadays. Not only that, but... A lot of people have also said, oh, let's just, use let's just use electric cars. The problem with electric cars, as one of the channels I usually view says, is that electric cars are still cars. That's still causing a lot of congestion. That's causing a lot of related accidents and deaths. And the thing with public transportation is that even though it's still on, this, on a certain schedule, it's still a lot more efficient, in which it could carry much more goods and people than a car and truck ever will. And it's also taking more emissions out of the air by taking more of these cars off of the road. So yes, many people may consider trains as something that's not as serious in comparison to other forms of transport, but the thing with the rail industry in general, and what I'm trying to do with, this tr with the train club, is try and spread awareness of the importance of the rail industry, not only in the US, but also around the world. Do you think that trains, especially uh, within the um, the, uh, the topic of uh, of global warming, do you think trains are going to start regaining more popularity as a as a as a as a, as a different way of, of of transportation compared to cars? And I've noticed that that's starting to become a trend in some regions, especially in the designated um, too short to fly, too long to drive region. That's usually anywhere between a hundred and I want to say five hundred miles. But basically, one of the main reasons why um, rail transportation is able to flourish, flourish in Europe is that they have dedicated funding for most of the rail systems and all of their cities are located within that perfect too short to fly um, too long to drive corridor. And those are known as intercity corridors in American terminology. Now there are plenty of those throughout the U.S. that do have adequate service such as the Chicago hub with service to St. Louis, Milwaukee, um, Indianapolis and one of the most common and one of the most focused on corridors is the Northeast Corridor between Boston and New York and New York and DC. Now whenever Amtrak gets funding, even if it's billions upon or even trillions of dollars, about 40% of that funding goes towards the Northeast Corridor. And although yes, that is a lot for Amtrak and I'm 
I'm grateful to have that much investment in our own Northeast Corridor. That's still leaving the rest of the nation with, um, I'm sorry to say this, but little to nothing by comparison. Because, yes, that may be 60% of funding, but that's 60% divided among the entire United States. And there are plenty of other cities that used to have rail service and, has, and pretty much see nowhere near as much service due to the reliance on the car. Nashville, Tennessee, Louisville, Kentucky, Phoenix, Arizona. Where I'm from. <laughs> we used to have a train and now it's gone. So. Uh, what city? I'm, I'm from Cape May, New Jersey. So there used Cape to be, I believe, a train system that like ran from Philly to Cape May. Oh, yes. Like that, that is the Pennsylvania Reading Seashore Lines. We miss you. <laughs> so Thank you for knowing that immediately. The Pennsylvania Reading Seashore Lines, since we're talking about Cape May. Um, I think Cape May actually used to see New Jersey Transit Service at one point. Yes, we did. So that used to run until the 80s, but basically all of the commuter lines that are in southern New Jersey, since that's the uh, town of discussion, all of those used to be ran by something known as the Pennsylvania Reading Seashore Lines. That was a combination of two fierce rivals, so to speak, the Pennsylvania and the Reading Railroads. Um, they controlled most of the commuter rail operations in the Philadelphia region. They were very bitter rivals, but in the southern New Jersey region, they came together and operated service between famous points such as Camden, New Jersey and Philadelphia to places such as Cape May, Atlantic City, Ocean View, I think that's the name of one of the cities, yeah. and even Tom's River. And there's been a little bit of a push to restore service in that region from Camden to Glassboro, I think. That's one of the new lines yeah, for a light sense. rail service. Yeah. But it's just one of the many regions in particular that used to have an abundance of rail service and now all they have is basically a tourist railroad and a bunch of cars and abandoned train cars. <laughs> that too. Welcome back to the Quadcast. Today we're here with our good friend and fellow fan of television, Mary. Uh, today we're going to be talking lots about uh, TVs and shows we've been watching recently. But first, a quick PSA, a Jasper PSA for all the Jaspers out there. Uh, a JPSA, if you will. Um, uh, for all of our resident students out there, everyone living in Lee, Harand, OV, and the sort, uh, I wanted to let you know that you get HBO Max free uh, for just going to the school. And I'm going to tell you exactly how you can uh, log in. So first, you're going to go to HBO Max. You're going to click on Sign In. It's going to uh, ask you if you have an account or if you have a provider. You're going to click Pick a Provider. Uh, you're going to scroll down, click the list of all the providers, and there's going to be a big, long list with a little search bar. You're going to type in Manhattan College into that search bar. Manhattan College will pop up. You're going to log in using your student account and email. And then bada bing, bada boom, you got free HBO Max for the entire school year. It doesn't work over the summer, sadly. But uh, as long as uh, school is in session, you get uh, so much to watch, so much to see. Personally, uh, I, I, I watched all of Barry on HBO Max, starring Bill Hader and uh, Henry Winkler. It's a, it's a great, uh, great show about, a, about, a, about, a, about an assassin who wants to become an actor. And it's, it's a good, funny old time. And uh, I'm sure we've got some other recommendations over here. Well, I mean, Friends is iconic. Every 90s sitcom is on HBO. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, uh, Friends, obviously. You have Friends The Reunion, specifically, on HBO Max, which is, well, the event of uh, David Schwimmer, Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, Matt LeBlanc, and Matthew Perry uh, into the going back to the LA studio and just looking uh, back towards scenes and, like, giving us all that, like, 
cool, cool, cool behind the scenes, which obviously, as a huge film and TV fan, that for me, everything that happens behind the scenes, I really, really, really love. So if you kind of love that and also want a lot of nostalgia, you should definitely check out Friends, The Reunion. But if you really want to rewatch your classic Rachel and Ross and Mondler and all of that, well, might as well rewatch the, you know, iconic 10 seasons of Friends because, well, it's iconic, <laughs> even though it's been like 30 years, but it's, it's one of the most iconic shows, most iconic sitcoms on, on television. So that's a huge, huge uh, hit because it got taken out of Netflix and then HBO got it and then... Whole big mess. Whole big mess. Whole big mess. And mom now... cried when she watched the reunion though. My mom like full sobbed. I cried when I saw James Corden show up. Please don't oh, speak. <laughs> I, I mean that in like the nicest... Like, I don't mean that in the nicest way possible actually. All right, well Mads, do you want to say your recommendation? My only recommendation is for everybody to watch any Studio Ghibli film ever. Um, because they're all on HBO Max except for Grave of the Fireflies, which why would you want to watch that? It's really sad. Um, I personally, my favorite um, Studio Ghibli film is Ponyo. Um, I have a tattoo about Ponyo. Um, it's Ponyo and Sosuke, who is the other main character of the film, um, on their little toy boat as they sail across to try to find Sosuke's mom. Super cute, super wholesome, lots of ocean imagery if you're into that. But there's also like Princess Mononoke, there's My Neighbor Totoro, there's Spirited Away, which is the most popular Studio Ghibli film. Won an Oscar, I believe. Won an Oscar! Which yes. like doesn't happen, so that was pretty cool. Oh my gosh. Uh, Miyazaki, Joe Hitachi, Chef's Kiss. Love everything about them. Jo Joe Hitachi is the composer for most of the films, and then um, Miyazaki is actually like the director and like creative behind all of them. And legitimately, every single one of them is amazing. And I have not made my way through all of them. There's a lot that I still have not watched. But um, if you want my recommendations, Ponyo, Porco Russo, Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind, which was the first one that they ever created in the 80s. So there you go, bunch of funnel HBO recommendations. But like, let's move off for HBO for just a moment. What else have you guys been watching, streaming? Well, um, Lucifer uh, recently ended up, well, now it's over, season six. I actually binge watched all of season six in one day. Um, this girl. Yeah, I, I, ha I have to admit, I never thought that I would get really into the binging aspect of it, but I did. I ended up going to bed like at 1 a.m., but it was totally worth it. I cried, I laughed. It was one of those like very uh, nice, nice, nice moments of obviously the ending of a show. It's, you know, you go on this journey with these characters and then you end up, you know, in this moment where it just ends up for you. So it's, it's a wholesome journey and it's a really amazing show. So. If you want to get into fantasy, crime solving, dramas, and police procedurals, um, a friend's two lovers story arc. What is Every Lucifer about? I've never. That's that's what I'm going oh, into. Sorry. Um, I'm going into. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting into it and uh, everything. It's that's really all the tropes that the series uh, encompasses. And practically, Lucifer t tells the like story of like what if the devil got tired of uh, ruling hell and opened a club in L.A. Wow, and then nice. just like um, 
stumble upon this uh, homicide detective and then start consulting for the LAPD. Oh yeah, wait, no, I saw like half of an episode where like, he like killed a man, like fully just killed some dude. I don't know, like they were in like a music studio and Lucifer just fully killed a man in front of like this girl who had gotten shot. And that was it, that's all I saw. Oh, I think you saw the first, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is the first episode of the first season, like the pilot? I don't, you know what, dude? I don't know anything. My dad was watching it while I was home, and I was like, whoa, what's that? I watched, like, part of it, and I was like, I think I'm done with this. <laughs> Skittered away. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a bit uh, of an interesting take on everything related to, like, fantasy and, like, the mythology and whatever. And the devil really does run Neil, Neil Gaiman, um, he produced, if I'm not mistaken, he produced the show. He had a large part on the comics, because this is based on the DC like universe. So he had a large part on the production of these uh, series. So if you like Neil Gaiman's stuff, and if you like everything related to, you know, like fantasy and supernatural, and at the same time, just like uh, police procedurals and friends to lovers and all that's good, good, good stuff. Um, and also the character development. I might, I might add, I am a huge sucker of amazing character development, and this series has it all. So um, just watch it. Like it's, it's like it's an amazing show. Uh, my, I'm trying to convince my best friend to watch it. Uh, hopefully, I do end up convincing her because I know that uh, she might get into it. And, and then you'll have somebody to like absolutely like word vomit to about the show. Exactly. Like, ah! Exactly. Neil Gaiman though, Good Omens. Good uh, Omens. Yes. Is one of the best shows I've ever watched in my entire life. I know, right? And I like, started reading the book. Yeah. The book. Okay, listen. I love ev I love Neil Gaiman because I started reading his books when I was like middle school, right? And Coraline. Oh, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love Coraline. Dylan won't watch it. My boyfriend Dylan will not watch Coraline. Why not? Freaks him out. He doesn't like anything really? about it. It just like sets him up in like this weird like suspense thing, and he's like, eh, I don't like it. Also, like he's afraid of bugs and uh, um, Coraline's a lot of bugs other mother. Like, spider. Spoilers, dude. If you haven't seen Coraline, I'm so sorry. Spoiler warning here, but like, please. <laughs> like, it's been out for how long? I think I saw it in theaters. It came out in like middle school. It came yeah. out in like 2009. Yeah, I saw it in theaters, but Good Omens, the TV show. Um, it's it on has, Amazon Prime. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Thank you, I didn't actually know that. But um, it has David Tennant and God, what's his name? Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Incredible performances. The, both of them are, first of all, if you like a little bit of gay attention. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> no, just, it's just, a, just a little dash. No, they're definitely in a relationship. Like, I think that that's literally confirmed, right? That they're like dating. I don't Mad know. Mad spoilers. But no. Let them have the tension. I'm sorry, but they can have suspense, okay? It's a little, it'll be fine. But like, if you like a little bit of gay tension, if you like the whole like heaven and hell thing and like them kind of working together you'll love good omens it's so good they're on like their second season uh right? i think they're filming it i they're don't filming know it something i think they're gonna have a good omens too but they definitely yeah i think i, I think neil confirmed it yeah but Twitter. neil gaiman was a part of all of the processes for the actual like show good omens show, so like yeah he actually had a part in it he did not pull 
a JK Rowling Harry Potter. <laughs> so we're doing great for ourselves. Um, if you want like a little wholesome recommendation though, from Disney Plus, Oof. Doug Days? Yes. They're like eight minute episodes. They are like so easy to watch, but like I think I've watched the full se like the full season like at least three times, and every single time I'm like full ball, like I'm fully balling after each ever. Honestly, what is Doug Days? What's about? Okay, if you've seen the movie Up, um, that was produced by Disney. Um, Doug Days follows the dog Doug, who has a collar that can basically let him talk. So he just talks. Like, voiced by the wonderful uh, Owen Wilson. Yes, voiced by the wonderful Owen Wilson. Wow. And oh, then, really? I didn't know that. Yes. It's Owen Wilson. <laughs> RJ is just like a beacon of knowledge for like actors. I know nothing. I'm just like, ha ha ha. Just a what? bunch of useless garbage. Uh, what? Just a bunch of useless garbage up here. <laughs> I just have, I don't, who's home? Um, but <laughs> Doug Days is about Doug with the talking collar, voiced by Owen Wilson, um, and his owner, Carl, which unfortunately that actor has passed away. Ed, uh, Ed Reisner. Yes, Ed Reisner. Ed Reisner. Yeah. And so it's their like interactions after all of the events of Up, and basically all of them just kind of like getting into a little bit of hijinks, mostly Doug getting into hijinks, and then Carl being like, oh, Doug, you know, the little like head shake. To quote letter. a famous redneck comedian, that dog of mine. <laughs> But listen, I it's so cute. And like there's an episode with puppies in it and there's an episode that he it's just the firework the episode. The firework episode. Oh my god. The way that I was like, yeah, this is how my dog reacts. If she could talk, <laughs> this is how she would be screaming at all of us, you know, but it's just very very cute and I highly recommend. Also, it actually reminded me of my dog. Like when I watch when I watched that episode it reminded me of my dog. Yeah. She gets very realistic. so like frightened of that and we actually have to like carry her and like pick her up. And My everything. boyfriend's dog, Harley, um, they have to give her doggy Xanax whenever there's fireworks, um, which is not a word that you'd think would, that you would say, dog Xanax, but they give her a dog Xanax and then in like an hour, she's like very chill. Do you call it a Scooby snack? Is it, is it, is it a little bit? It's a, little, a Scooby snack. A little game? A little Scooby snack. If I can make a quick recommendation, yeah, um, this is on Hulu streaming and also I think it's out on FX now or whatever that's called. Um, it's called What We Do in the Shadows. It's a, it's a, it's a very funny show. Um, it was first a movie directed by, and I writ, I believe written by uh, Taika Waititi, who um, uh, worked on Thor 3. Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok, yes. Um, he's a very funny guy, and um, he made a movie about, uh, it was basically a documentary about this house full of vampires, and they're all roommates, and they're wacky and funny. And they took that concept, and they made it into a TV show, and it's right now premiering its season 3. Um, and it's, it's very funny. It's just about all these vampires living in, like, Staten Island, New York, but they're all, they're like thousands of years old, Everybody so they're from like Staten the old Island country. Everybody the vampire, I'm sorry. Everyone from... I'm positive that all of them are some sort of supernatural creatures, because like, who wants to live in Staten Island? Have you seen Pete Davidson? Yeah, I rest my case. It's in the I eyes. rest my case. That man is a vampire. <laughs> you cannot convince me. Dylan is probably a vampire or something like that. Hmm. Maybe a werewolf. I don't know. Just I just like stab him through the heart. No. no, I care about him a little bit too much, unfortunately. Because he took your heart. <laughs> So sure. what we do in the shadows, <laughs> FX Hulu, uh, very funny show, highly recommend. Another um, show that's ending, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, oh yes. I don't know when, where, where it was. Out. 
Yeah, like I don't know where what it's uh, where it's streaming though. I think that's CBS on sounds Hulu it, right? and and uh, so Peacock. NBC. And no, it's Peacock. NBC. Excuse Sorry me, NBC Peacock. Is Peacock. Yeah, so well, it's coming to an end. Uh, that sitcom made me laugh a lot. It was like one of the highlights of my day. Um, I really loved it. Really loved the Jake and Amy character development. Really loved. Um, the Gina hijinks. Raymond Holt was the best character on that show, oh, and no, no right. one else can even debate me on that. You're right. The captain, Raymond Holt. Yeah. Oh, Raymond, yeah. Best character. But Everything that came out of his mouth, uh, 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 golden. Remember Destroyed. The, the episode of Twitter thinks I'm a bot. <laughs> Twitter thinks I'm a bot. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, that was that. The final episode already came out. Of yeah, that. it was funny though because that show got dropped by Fox. Yeah, and, and then, then NBC picked, picked it up because the Due fan, fan yeah, the fan base was literally like, "No, you can't end the show." I, I don't know why they canceled it. Yeah, the thing. because it's literally like was it views? I don't know, but. I don't know why Brooklyn Nine-Nine made me think of this, but you kept keep telling me to watch Community. You should Community. And um, I should binge that, and it's on Netflix, and I keep seeing it, and every time I go, mm, what's new Scooby-Doo instead? No, you <laughs> have to watch Community, and then you have to find the banned episode of Community, because they did blackface that one time. Kang, Kang Jong is on Community, right? Sorry? Kang Jong? Kang Jong, yes. Yeah. He's the one who did the blackface. That, why? Um, he was supposed to watch the show Because, then? okay, well, it wasn't technically blackface. He was a dark elf, and they banned it off of Netflix. Okay. No, he didn't actually do for real no, blackface. I will, I will go on a tangent about Dungeons and Dragons, but I won't. Um... <laughs> Because it was during the Dungeons and Dragons episode. Yes, Dungeons and Dragons has a lot of like internalized racism because it was made by somebody who was inherently racist and had a lot of racist ideals. And you know, the dark elves and you know, orcs are supposed to be like minority groups, and it's not good at all. We've definitely moved off from. We've television. definitely moved off from TV shows, but I think D and D is getting better. Wizards of the Coast is fixing it, but like you know, ew, blackface in the form of dark elves. Blech. And with that, and we'll, with that. Uh, we'll end this segment. So, yes, HBO Max, Resident Students, uh, you can get it for free. Check it out. And check out our recommendations. And check out our recommendations. Because we're, we're a rec- reputable source, right? Sure. Sure. Sure we are. Yeah. Okay. Please. Great. Bye. Bye.